Sentire Media Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for downloading another installment of the podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. It's December 16th, a kind of gloomy wet Tuesday morning. Good morning, Ashley. Ciao tutti and buon Natale. Merry Christmas. I can't believe it is eight days till Christmas. This is crazy. Holy moly, holy moly, not prepared. Well, no. together we <laughs> together we run, own, and operate a little slice of paradise called La Tavola Marche, set in the foothills of the Pini Mountains, central Italy, Piobico, Italia. If you don't know where it is, Google look, map it. Google map it, baby. We're <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. I know. It's like our road doesn't exist on any GPS, but uh, we're out here. We're deep out here. Deep out here. Today we are, um, let's see, it's 9.20. We're starting our second cappuccino of the morning. We have the fire going in the um, in the in the kitchen here. We got warm in our tootsies because it is winter time. I know. I love it. The countdown. I know. I, all I can say is Christmas because it kind of snuck up on us like i can't believe it's really here and i don't know if it's the same for the you sitting in your car or on the train listening but what the hell it's december 16th where did it go how is it almost christmas no offense but haven't bought any presents <laughs> like omg i <laughs> uh, did, it did baby fly- jesus is on his way <laughs> baby jesus is on his way and um <laughs> baby jesus is on his way um it did sneak up. It seems like the season just ended and we took a little time off and now here we are damn near the, it's damn near the new year. I know. And I think it's also because it's been so kind of mild this winter. Yeah. And when I say winter's here, it just means like the trees are bare and the nip is in the air and, the, and it gets dark at four o'clock. But yeah. it's not really been cold, cold. No. Not like in years past. We've had, normally had snow around Christmas. We still have a few days to find out if we will. But I don't think it's going to – I don't know. I don't feel like – it doesn't have that, ooh, snow is in the air, no. or it smells like winter. It no. has that fireplace and all of that. But, but if you remember the year that we got the really horrible snowstorm, oh two, two or two winters ago, it was mild. Snowstorm of a century. Or three? Two or three. Whatever. Um, it was mild up until that storm. Literally, it was a Siberian storm. Siber- oh, Siberian <laughs> hardcore, storm. Hardcore, hardcore. No, we don't need to go back into it. <laughs> no, it's just crazy. We've lived through some weird um, meteorological things. We had a tornado in Brooklyn. That was really wild, too. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> uh, so we're getting into the holiday spirit here in, uh, here in our little slice of heaven. We went into the backyard and walked around trying to look for a uh, tree to cut down to make our Christmas tree. Normally, we go to the nursery and buy a pine little pine tree and then plant it um after and we've had varying success with making the plant that tree take because you're planting it at the wrong time you're planting it in basically in in winter time Mm -hmm. um but this year we wanted to go get one because you know that's 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 what uh what you do when you live out in the country we should so we um threw on our boots and jason grabbed a not a sickle like a a handsaw and um we trudged into the woods behind the house. Didn't go that far. Just the trail behind where, you know, folks who have been here back by the wood pile. <laughs> and we took into the trail and peeled off real early. And there's not a lot of either it's a full grown pine or um, not a lot of the size we were looking for. Not at all. What did we end up more with? Uh, the branch off of a juniper bush. It looks like a little Christmas tree. It'll, do, it'll, do, for, <laughs> it'll definitely do. It does look like a sad whack. 
Charlie Brown Christmas tree. One side of it's a little bare, but that's the side that goes up against the uh, the wall. I don't Jason know. I made like a homemade it. stand for it. Did make a homemade stand for it. So it's our uh, Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It that does, thing hurts like hell. Oh yeah, the needles are the needles are literally needles. So um, <laughs> if you walk if you walk barefoot in the kitchen and you get one of those that point the wrong way, I thought I stepped. I thought I stepped on glass yesterday. Or oh yeah, you did. Or if like it starts leaning over because the cat came in and literally just walks up to it, punches the uh, <laughs> uh, one of the balls and walks away. You're like, what did you do that for? Um, and the tree starts kind of leaning. It's hard to go to grab it because, man, it's prickly. It is prickly. It's I guess a, that's... It's a juniper. It's a juniper. <laughs> it's a little branch off a big juniper bush. I do like it, though. We decorated it nice. Uh, we'll have to take a picture of it and throw it up on with this podcast. Yes. If other, if you guys are other podcast listeners, I remember one year when Bill Burr talked about having a really sad-ass tree and posted a picture, and people just made so much fun of him. I feel like that's what this would be. It's super... It, I like it. You know what? It's ours. I think it's, your brother would call it whack. He would call it a whack <laughs> Christmas tree. Uh, other things that are... Uh, other traditions that are really great in this area for Christmas time is the making of capoletti or little hats. Mm. Every, uh, every, well, no, I shouldn't say every, but we really try to, um, during December every year, we get together with our neighbors, um, on the road and friends and we try to have a big Capoletti making party. Capoletti are very similar to tortellini, but smaller and from our area where it's tortellini are more from Amelia. Um, Capoletti are filled with a meat, uh, filling, a mixture of pork and chicken and beef, um, the- Parmesan cheese. Very dry. Yeah, it's a dry, crumbly filling, and they're very, very small. Ooh, and the key ingredient, nutmeg, lemon zest. Oh, nutmeg and lemon zest, sure. But they're very, very small. Just they're so different. And they um, take a lot of hands to make them. And um, you make them usually in the wintertime. You eat them with brodo, broth, just in broth, like basically like a... Our like the the Italian version of like matzo ball soup or like um, chicken and dumplings or like it's their soupy brothy Christmassy thing um, is capoletti and brodo. It's it's absolutely delicious. Huge pain in the butt to make because you have to make all these capoletti and you have to make a really good broth and it takes a lot of time. It's all can be done ahead of time and it's really fun to get together with your friends and neighbors and family and make kilos and kilos and kilos of this. So. We'll be doing that this week. Yes, my dear. Did you say what Brodo really is? Because we take for granted what Brodo is. I'm sorry. Brodo is just broth. Just chicken. It's a mix of chicken and beef. Yeah, uh, exactly. To make a broth. So it's a bit richer than just like chicken stock is what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, but it it should be pretty clear. It should be pretty clear-ish. And the size of the tortellini, tortellini, capoletti before you um, fold them are literally like postage stamps. It's pretty small. Uh, they're usually about a uh, like two centimeter square, nope. uh, mm. an inch square. Gaji, we were talking about setting it up again, and he loves this kind of stuff and these old timey things too. But he was like, "Ah, oh, great, yes, okay." Um, Jason, you make the impasto. Ashley, you fold because you have delicate fingers, and I will control. <laughs> Walk around. We're like, of course you will, Gaji. Of course you will. He loves nothing more than seeing like a whole team of operai, like workers, and he just gets to walk around the room making comments and uh, busting chops. It's his kind of day. <laughs> well, I'm very much looking forward to that. So today's Tuesday, so I hope by... We're doing it on when- on Thursday oh, with we are Carolyn doing it on and Thursday. Steph, too. Okay, so we'll be doing that on Thursday. So that I should really start thinking about getting the... Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Getting everything together. Our chick- no problem with the eggs is the chickens are still laying eggs like they're... 
it's their job, which it really is, actually. But Yeah, but no one else is doing it along the road. No, we have jealous neighbors because our chickens are the best. They keep on laying. Happy chickens. Happy chickens. Uh, Panettone count. <sighs> So, well, normally at this, if you're a regular podcast listener, by about this time we've been clocking in how many panettone we've eaten throughout the winter. Because there's some crazy number we'd have to look it up of how many panettone per person Italians really eat dur- during this Christmas how many holiday. Do they sell? It's more than one a person. Exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. What it would be per person. Exactly. Sorry. Um, now, for those of you who don't, who people who don't know what panettone is, why this is a big deal. Panettone is that weird ass shaped big box you see at the grocery store that looks like this weird. Um, cheesy italian thing no even in america you see them you see them at the grocery stores yeah and you're like what the hell is that weird candy is that candied fruit or or is that fruit loaf what the hell is that called um oh yeah the the joke thing. yeah the joke thing um whatever nut bread (laughs) nut loaf or whatever yeah and so i always think it's that and then no it's actually this like really fluffy big tall egg bread that um a lot of times we'll have candied fruit in it, which I think is not is my favorite, but that's the traditional way. Um, and it, you can also get it with raisins or and or um, chocolate. We've done a, we've done an in depth podcast on it before. Pand- if you look back, uh, pa- uh, Panettone Pandemonium. Yes, yes, or yes. it's on the blog. But I, if I remember, it started in Milan. Blah 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 blah. It's got candy. It's got candied fruit and raisins in it. Uh, we get the one with just the raisins. I don't really dig the candied fruit. And it's everywhere. It is ubiquitous. It is in every grocery store. There are <laughs> literally piles to the ceiling in every You can get, store. like, gift boxes that have the panettone and, like, legit Prosecco with it. Like, it's not thought of as a cheesy thing. Like, you come with a panettone in hand when you're showing up somewhere at Christmas time. Oh, my God. It's everywhere. <laughs> People are trying to We walked into the grocery stuff. store, just our little local one, and it was stacked to the ceiling. Not that they have, like, 50-foot ceilings, but... But we'll be going um, to the bigger grocery store on the coast today, and I can't wait. I should bring a little camera because it will be insane to see the amount of boxes. Um, and, and everyone offers it to you from the from when you go to the you know the uh, butcher. There's a little thing of panettone cut up to the bank. To everyone's trying to pass off this panettone, and it's like. How much panettone can you really freaking eat? I don't know, and I used to hate it, and now I love it. I do like it. Okay, a couple of <laughs> things, things that we do with panettone that's not super traditional. French toast. Mm. Try making French toast do with it, panettone. Do it. Try it, seriously. Really, really good. Every time. Um, other thing? is there No, really? and the other thing that we do that I never – if I had had it before, we would have never done this. You leave it in that plastic bag. It's in a box and then in a plastic bag and you leave it in that plastic bag and i know we've talked about this before but if you have a fireplace or a little stove or your radiator you put that on there or near it so it warms up and keep kind of moving it around and it it, the heat will melt the butter in the bread yeah there's a lot of butter and that makes it so much better when that when that shit's warm, it's off the hook. It's really good. It's not it's for dunking, so though. Good. Like, you can't really dunk it in coffee. It nah. just kind of disintegrates. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And Gaji loves, like, Tirone? What is Gaji it? likes Tirone, which is the um, nougat It's like It's like a meringue weird Yeah, nougat-y with almonds. With almonds. And what's the soft one? There's just soft and hard to write. Oh, okay. I don't really care for it. He also loves the Panforte from Siena. Panforte pen forte, is right. like another weird candied fruit and nut. Like um, disc almost. Mm-hmm. That, like, you'll, you'll see a lot of that in artisanal ways, and that can be really good. But it seems like the general consensus is just get the good brand of panettone versus the artisanal panettone. 
Yeah, everyone agrees that the because like an artisanal panettone will be like twenty five or thirty euros, and a good one, commercial one, is eight. And you really can't tell the difference, to be honest. And the artisanal ones, you're always disappointed. I don't know. There's something about where you're like, it's not quite the same this or consistency or this. We don't eat it enough to – I don't True. eat it enough or have it enough to really carry their way. We've Our panettone count is one we've had – we opened one and I'm looking at one on the shelf right now. However, I would like to put an offer out there if there's any – Panettone artisanal purveyors out there listening to this podcast, send them our way. I'd love to try it out. Oh, you're challenging anyone yep. who really makes panettone artisanally. I'm offering a live um, uh, review. Oh man, we don't need we don't need that. We're fat enough. Send it my way. We have definitely started yeah, the the six one zero four six Piobico. We've definitely started the time of ingrassare to become yes. fatter. The season of fatness. It's begun. You know when, when Oh my god. You know, when Jason decides to make oh, that who chocolate cake sounds delicious and I just but and I just decide to make a double layer chocolate cake with chocolate icing that it's like, oh man, stop it. French buttercream frosting. Yeah, we gotta throw that we gotta give that away. We've we've just, we've gone through half of it and we have to stop. If well, we you know what else? Uh, well, we could jump to this. You know what else you've been making and I'm hooked oh, yeah. is the focaccia. Like we just did a simple search. So I wish there was some great story behind where no, we got this. We, um, but to actually, be honest, to be honest was... I just didn't have um, bread on one day and I didn't want to go out the other day. And um, focaccia is a really easy one to make. Um, um, it's a quick bread and it uses olive oil. So you, so you kind of have to eat it warm or then warm it back up. Otherwise it's, it's, it, the consistency isn't very good, but the recipe goes as follows. Um, two, uh, small spoons of the, of dried, uh, leavening. Let's see. Yeah. Dried leavening. So the powdery leavening, um, I doubled it. I did 24, I did four tables or four teaspoons or, uh, 24 grams, um, then it's 200 milliliters of warm water, one spoonful of sugar, or you can also use malt, or you can also – I used um, honey. honey, and it worked out great. Um, 300 grams of flour uh, for, for flour for bread, type zero, or bread flour. Hold on. My, my screen went out. Um, a spoonful of salt, uh, Two big spoon, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, and seventy milliliters for the pan. So was, I didn't really measure the seventy milliliters for the pan. You just kind of drizzle a good amount of olive oil on the bottom of the of the pan you're going to use to cook the bread in, and then um, and then I, and a nice fat pinch of sea salt, gross fat sea salt for the top when you put it in. Um, in a bowl, you're going to take your um, your water, your warm water, the uh, little bit of sugar or malt or honey, and your warm and your uh, lievito, your yeast. And you're going to dissolve it and make sure it's active. You then put in your uh, your flour, work it. Uh, it doesn't. I worked it like eight minutes or so until it's nice and springy and it kind of does its thing. Um, then you add uh, then you add in your uh, extra virgin olive oil once the. I'm sorry before you, <laughs> once the. Uh, uh, flour and water kind of come together, add in your olive oil and the salt, work it eight minutes or so until it's springy, and then you kind of push it into a um, a sheet pan, whatever size you want. Obviously, the thinner the sheet, the ro- uh, the cookie sheet with the with the sides, uh, the thinner, the bigger it is, the thinner your pizza will be or your your um, 
Focaccia. The focaccia will be. You can put anything you want into the dough. We did a, cl- a cooking class the- last week with salsa verde, and I'm not going to use the salsa verde. So I just put the salsa verde, which is basically herbs, garlic, and olive oil into the into the dough, and it worked out perfect. Oh, my God. It worked out too good. I couldn't stop eating it. It was excellent. I would strongly suggest a do- How much salsa verde did you put in there? Just two, well, I just two two tablespoons because it t- hauled for two tablespoons of olive oil. So. Oh, my God. That was so so good. Um, and I know I stumbled through that because I was reading the recipe in Italian and trying to translate it to you, uh, to you in, in English. Um, and then there's like a whole series of rising. Yeah, you let it rise once. It'll shrink back a little bit. You push it down. You let it rise again. Then you put your fingers, uh, knuckles into the top. Uh, let it rise another 20 minutes. You know, just like regular bread. And then pop it into a hot oven. We'll post it. We'll post. I have to do the conversion into... Um, it's in metric. I have to do the conversion into standard, and then we'll post it up there. But if you're looking for something different um, for the holiday season. Could you use, um, in, like you do in your pizza, could you use beer instead of the sugar or honey? Absolutely. You can use um, beer or instead of, you can put, uh, instead of just sea salt on the top, you can put rosemary. You can put olives. You can put what I put salsa verde. Pesto, it doesn't matter. Um, it wasn't you too want. thick. It wasn't, um, I didn't think it was greasy. Now, out here, what we could do to step it up, and we talked about this. Cause well, it's- yeah, we talked about this with Gaji, is what they'll do is they'll cook it three-quarters of the way, and then they'll take um, lard and brush oh, yeah. it onto the top of Say it the- again. Lard, fat, pork fat. <laughs> um, and brush it onto the top of the of the pizza and then throw it back in. Well, I say pizza. I'm sorry. It's focaccia. And they call it pizza. They call Bianco it pizza. Anything pizza that's bread here. that's flat is pizza. So, um, um, so that's something different for the... For the holidays that you can try and check out, and it's a quick bread. It doesn't take a whole lot of kneading. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. And uh, Yeah. you. I mean, it's a great one. Do it in practice, you know, this weekend. And then for next, um, for Christmas, you're good to go. But it's a great one that you could cut up and make your own homemade focaccia. Oh, homemade focaccia. Oh, homemade things. Um, My favorite time of the year is coming around because there's two things th- that happen in the wintertime, two festivals in the winter that are awesome and uh, very uniquely Italian. The first thing is the living nativity scene, which they just announced for Piobico. December 28th. Now, December 28th is a firm date, but... In years past, has not um, has not the the date they always announce has not been firm, the uh, because of weather or who knows. There's always a myriad of reasons why they change the date. Yes, have you seen? The coolest thing is the baby that is born the closest to that date uh, in Piovico. So the youngest child will become baby Jesus, <laughs> and it's great, which is kind of funny. So we don't know who baby Jesus will be yet. Yep. Uh, we were asked to – you want to tell your living nature we of the story? We were asked to observe respectful silence when we were um, participating in it one year. We were a little One too, and only year. The one and only year we were asked to participate. We were told by just somebody who was passing through that we were this, – this, the program says respectful silence because we were chatting it up. If you came not by we, our little not area. We, not we. It was like, hey, how's it going? Merry Christmas. How you doing? What's your cream? Is that the royal we? Meaning like you were chatting it up? I thought it was like a meet and greet. <laughs> <laughs> well, meet anyway, and greet Ashley couldn't shut up when she was part of the living nativity scene. So we have, not been, been, asked we have not been asked to participate since. But that's okay. I enjoy going, to be honest. It's not – it was fun to be part of it, but it gets really cold and you have to stay still and you can't talk or you're not supposed to talk. Yeah. So. And we didn't get to be in a – real. we were paper makers. 
There were other scenes where they were like eating sausages and hanging out and drinking wine. Yeah. But it was our listen. We were rookies. It was our first year. You, I do, would not expect to get to be at the head scene, of the table. Yeah, the scene where you're getting to eat sausages. No, and drink that's wine. like sought after. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for veterans. That's yep. for veterans only. Yep. But um, there's we, another one where there's like the bread maker and there's a fireplace going. That would be a, a good one. Pl- yep, there's a fireplace going. But it was good. It was fun. Um, and we'll be there this year. Um, and Bafana as well, the sixth. So the yes, La Bafana for Epiphany, and we again we've talked about this stuff every year. But um, Urbana, our neighboring village, is the home of La Bafana. So there's always uh, a myriad of different festivals and events going on for it. And um, make sure check out if you want to see a bit about it. Check out our YouTube page and um, La Tavola Marque, and there's um, a sixty second clip or so of a Bafana thing and then um our little walk through the village and asking people about who the Bafana is and um all you need to know about Bafana yeah it's uh the thing that the and we've I've I, I we keep saying this but after you we talk we tell the same stories but um after walking through Urbania in when we were here visiting and seeing that festival on the sixth of January, and the, it was freezing outside and just tons of people, it was abs- It was really really cool. What else is going on? What? Oh, I wanted to talk about the New York Times article about Italy yes. and the internet. Come on over here. Okay. So, um, uh, I can't. from time to time, there are articles in the. National newspapers, whether it be the New York Times, the London Times, blah, 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 where they're like, oh, this is happening. It's like, yeah, no crap. And uh, happening in Italy. And here's one of them. Um, Actually, this article was sent to us from Ben in um, Washington, in okay. Eastern Washington. Um, this Thanks, is, Ben. Thank you, Ben. This is December 2nd in, um, in the New York Times. And it's a village has all of what Italy wants, the Internet. And here's some Italy fun fact that I didn't know. Roughly a third of Italians have never used the internet, giving the country one of the lowest rates of usage in Europe. That's let that sink in. That's insane. What we're in 2014, almost 2015. 2015, baby. One in three Italians have never used the internet, and I, and like we know, Gachi's like afraid of it. You know, uh, I don't think he's afraid of Not it. Not afraid I just of it, think but he like doesn't he, have use for it. No, but he's afraid to do like transactions oh, online. So, like he's afraid to actually utilize it in its full capacity. Um, internet, as we have a high a high speed internet connection, only came to us last year through a satellite. It is super. We could have we could you could have a car payment or have high speed internet in a rural location like us. Basically, is what it comes down to, um, and. It'll, uh, internet is not like uh, businesses, big businesses, of course, but people like businesses don't have websites. If they do have a website, it's te- it's absolutely terrible. Um, um, trying to do online purchases was really difficult up until last year. Finally, they've started to come out with cards that are designed specifically for the internet, and they don't freak out because our bank would block your our cards every like we're talking about ebay purchases for 20 bucks or amazon or you know whatever they would they'd block the card and freak it out and it would freak out um yeah only now is internet banking becoming available it's kind of why <laughs> so there's this this uh new york times article just talks about how this one town um north of torino uh wanted to get internet um just to become connected. And um, 
how they did that, and they they uh, the I tele- think it was like a university, um, part of a university program or or something. Uh, yeah, to make the access points and uh, to simply because we don't have an infrastructure for it. We're kind of a mountainous country, and the great okay, the curse and the blessing of Italy is tradition. We Italians don't really um, like. It's weird. We were talking about this the other day. It seems like fashion, we're right on the forefront of everything. You'll see weirdo fashion here way before you'll see it in anywhere else in the world. But things like technology or technology especially, we're just light years behind. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And it's, it's really crippling Italy. Well, that's what this article was saying too, that it's crippling um, the way business is done here. So businesses can't have normal even – they mentioned in this article they can't have normal um, – like a web, video conference. Video conference. They're like, how can we be taken seriously internationally if we can't have a video conference? And it's true. You have to have high-speed broadband internet to have a video conference. Which, segueing into our online live cooking classes, that's why this is such a big deal for us to even be trying to do this. Because we're pretty lucky we even have internet, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, we're, yeah. It, it, we are very lucky. I mean, it seems ridiculous that we make a big deal or that it's um, that the quality isn't as good as it could be. Uh, it's as best as we can hope for out here at this point. I mean, it's just um, indietro, a little bit in the past. Uh, (laughs) This uh, article goes on now, but for now, the country lives with a yawning digital and cultural divide, um, has left behind not only a large swath of Italians, but Italy itself from much of the rest of Europe and the United States. Italy has one of the lowest rates of broadband connection per household in Europe, half as many as, say, neighboring Switzerland, because that's really interesting. There's another country that's a very mountainous region, and they Switzerland, small, and they seem to have much easier time with broadband connection. I mean, they also do world banking, so I don't know. It's just it's it's uh, one of those things that we just have accepted because of where we live. It's you can't have your cake and eat it too. So if this is one, this is something that's going to freak you out. We've just come to expect that mm-hmm. the, the technology is not there. I can't um, go and find businesses, local businesses, like I'd want to with the internet, like you probably do. You- oh yeah, like you can't just search. Uh- mechanics in the area or simple things like that because most aren't going to have a website i mean if they're listed in the yellow pages then that kind of thing then de facto it'll be online but most businesses most searches that is still not quite how it's done so no 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 especially out here i can't we can't speak for rome or something like that but out here websites for businesses are non-existent no, and they really don't trust even like TripAdvisor or these things either. It's really funny. No. <laughs> okay, just different. But I, I thought that we'll put the link up to this uh, article, and it's true. Um, Italy is way behind in the digital, and it's costing. They were talking about how it's costing Italy GDP. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's ridiculously expensive. Most Italians would. Most Italians would. There's no way they would pay what we pay per month for high speed internet. No. Out here. No way. They just wouldn't have it. And it's because there's not enough people who demand it. So it's just like they, that's what it costs. It's mm-hmm. insane. We have to have it. Our whole lives are on the internet. Whether you're listening to us over the internet, um, our um, 90% of our bookings for the agriturismo come over the internet. We put our – Ashley puts her videos out over the internet. So whatever it costs, it costs. They, 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 we have to have it. Um, and speaking of the internet, oh, what our a next segue! 
Our next live from Italy online cooking classes um, is this Sunday, the 28th. We had one last week, the 21st, and that was excellent. We did, um, I guess it doesn't matter what we did. Let's go about what's next. We're doing butternut squash soup and tiramisu. Oh, if you do not like tiramisu, literally to pick me up um, because you've have had it in the st- and you don't care for it try this way that we're going to do it it's the real way to make tiramisu with um eggs sugar um mascarpone cheese and i know we had a big debate about mascarpone cheese last time um and give this one a try and also a staple of uh autumn winter butter uh a butternut squash soup super duper easy really smooth and light and delicious it's gorgeous. Um, these are two great things that you could add to your Christmas menu, and that's why we thought we would do it as kind of a Christmas prep. So a soup could feed a, you know, just a beautiful table for two or a whole army. And same with tiramisu; it can be scaled up very easily. That will be this Sunday. The what? You know the twenty first. Tw- oh my God! It's the twenty first. Sunday, Sunday is the twenty first, and it will be live on YouTube. And you can either just go to. Um, YouTube.com um, forward slash the Tavolo Market forward slash live and you'll find it. Or you can um, shoot me an email info at latavolamarque.com to make sure you're on our roster for getting all the details for the cooking classes. Um, if you want to cook along, it's good to be on the list because you get um, ahead of time the prep list, the um, ingredients, all the links for the recipes and all of that. Um, otherwise, just click it when it's live and watch for fun and go back and cook along to it later if you want. Um, it's going to be at noon on oh, the... You can't, it's, you can't give out. There's like six different times. All right. It's all at one time. but It's all at one <laughs> moment in time. It's You got to check out. depends on where you live. Where you live. Um, and we'll just uh, – it's 9 p.m. Italy time. So if you're six hours behind Italy on like for the west co- east coast of the states, do the math. Do the math. Um, let's see. What else is going on? We went to Cortona the other day. Oh, yeah. So we announced a couple of weeks ago that we're moving well, – this is going to be our last year doing the agriturismo. And we've, we we pretty much know what's what we're going to be doing next. But – you know, you always keep your eye out for other things going on. And I'm a total believer of, like, in the universe that way, too. When you put it out there, you kind of have to put it out there to see what comes back, too. So once we made that announcement, it was both liberating, exciting, and made you want to throw up because you're like, oh, my God, we really are doing this. We're switching things up. But um, we've met a guy at the restaurant in um, – Pecchio who wanted to show us some of his properties and he'd heard of us and was like oh my gosh then this other family from Cortona um they want have been wanting to meet us for like a year yeah uh, friends with Gaji um uh we've met them a few times they're from Cortona which is in Tuscany over the hill and they want they have all these properties and they wanted us to come and look at some of my guests to see if we wanted to run them but we weren't really interested in running properties in Tuscany but We've never been to Cortona. And I think it's just prejudice because of... <laughs> okay, go ahead. I, I think it's don't just skip the best part of the story of why well, we even went oh, to begin with. Yeah, well, we kept, on telling, ahead. We kept on telling <laughs> the doctor a for a year, listen, we're not interested in moving to Tuscany. We're not interested in moving to Tuscany. And he said, finally, listen, ragazzi. Guys. Guys. <laughs> they own this restaurant that's really famous. They're, we're going to go to lunch there after. Let's just go so we can go try this restaurant. You Basically, 
He wants he wants lunch. He was like, you guys, it's a free lunch. Let's just go. Let's just go. And it's you, free lunch. Yeah, you have to look at the house, but it's a free lunch. And it was like, all right, fine, Godster. We'll go for the GD free lunch. <laughs> I think um, I've been Which lo- cracks it was, me it up. It does crack me up. And it was good lunch. Yeah, it was, it was a two-hour drive for the free lunch. For free lunch. Two hours each way. Um, yeah. I think we've been prejudiced towards Cartona because it's such quintessential for Americans with the Francis Myers and Under the Tuscan Sun and blah, blah, blah. That's the ter- – yeah, let's uh, – for people who don't know, Cortona is the famed city from uh, – there's a – it's an Etruscan city. It was a Roman city. All of this, but it, what it is best known for is the home now, at, now, now. Um, and the location from under the Tuscan sun. So it's weirdly like how Assisi um, Catholics go on a pilgrimage to visit Assisi. Um Kind of. It's almost like Americans have to go to Cortona. Yeah, have this pilgrimage to Cortona to see like where this famed American moved, and um. So we, yeah, I would, I agree. I guess we were prejudiced against it. We, we never f- been. We flew over it in a hot air balloon ride on our honeymoon, <laughs> but we never, never went. And people would ask us and be like, oh, "I don't know. <laughs> I've never been there." And it's I, only two, it's an hour. Well, it depends who drives. Well, and I want to say one thing too. I think part of why we say that uh, with attitude or prejudice, or we joke about that, is because um, what we're leaving out is that many people have asked if we moved here because of that book. So that's why we have that reaction. Oh, did you guys read Under the Tuscan Sun? I, I kind of movie? feel like we kind of feel like we live in Marque, and Marque gets is like the the bastard step. Child yeah. to, the, the, to the redheaded stepchild. It's the redheaded <laughs> stepchild to Toscana. So I'm I'm a homer. I, I, sorry, gingers. I'm a homer. I'm I'm Marque all the way, baby. Exactly. So sorry. I had to preface all of that. With <clears throat> so that. driving to Cortona, absolutely gorgeous. This the it's it's a town built on to up on a hill. Um, well, explain the drive. So we go from our house, which is up in the Apennines, in the foothills of the Apennines. We go up and over the Apennines, down into the valley of Umbria, and then we come into Tuscany. And those very quintessential rolling low rolling hills. Hills with the um, cypress, cypress trees. trees. It is absolutely gorgeous. You can tell that there is much more investment in the valley below. Um, you can just tell that... Like when you drive around here, you see all these little farmhouses and they're in ruins. And they, even the houses that people do live in, are just a little bit dirtier and have a little bit more shit outside. Yeah. Whereas around there, the houses that would be ruins here are immaculately put back together. The stone is gleaming. The places that real Italians live that would have like, like you know, around here, there's like farm equipment and just crap outside. There, there isn't. It just looked like it's a restored more and refined, re- yeah. restored, refined. All the roads were perfect. The roads out here are kind of crappy. Um, uh, absolutely, beautifully gorgeous. But you could see right away. It's like, oh, there's more money out here than mm-hmm. we have where we live. And driving into Cortona with this family, who the mom—that's um, where she grew up. It was interesting because she'd say, okay, now here we are getting, as we're coming down into the valley here, this is where all the strawniary, all the strangers have bought the, the property. All the foreigners. And that's why, I mean, it was, it's good and bad. That's why it's all restored because it's all this foreign money that came in. So, um, 
kind of that double-edged sword, but she would say as, you know, this area is really filled with just the foreigners and at the grocery stores, you'll find peanut butter and just a um, bunch of stuff for the foreigners because exactly. it's all Brits and Americans who, who live there. Mm-hmm. So just kind of interesting walking through the city center of Cortona. Lots beautiful. of beautiful, lots of really high, like nice shops. Cashmere. Um, yeah. Ashley found a, a cashmere sweater shop. Oh my God. I had to pull her out. It of. was for Jason and I. Awesome. Because we live in Italy. We live in a tiny farm village. So like to go to this town that had all these gorgeous little artisanal shops and paper, um, gorgeous paper and stamps and stuff. We were like, oh, look at that. Let's go shopping. Let's walk around. And Maybe it was that. Maybe it was the American in us. But um, they know how to make it. And it was all set up for the holidays. So all the Christmas lights and Christmas, um, the um, bancas, the like yeah. stalls. And, and again, Tuscany just knows how to cater yes. to a foreign tourist. As soon as you walk in, there are three or four shops with all the shit that is takeaway for you know, uh, the dried pasta, the dried pasta in the correct size packaging for the plane, or if it's olive oil, it's in a bunch of little small things so you can bring it on. There's um, maps and in like four, four or five different languages. There's and just the wooden signs. It's all very quintessentially they do, idyllic. They do it. They totally bring what people are expecting. Yeah, that feeling you get. Yeah, and they did it right, but. At the same time, like when I was talking to the shopkeeper who had the cashmere store, you know, she was saying that if it wasn't for the strangers, the foreigners that, um, you know, she wouldn't be able to sell the cashmere to the locals at the price and all of that too. So it's good, but that, um, it's pushed a lot of for, uh, locals out of being able to have oh shops and things. Oh my goodness, of course. Yeah. You just, uh, even walking around, we heard a lot of English being spoken. Oh yeah. That was, I just didn't like that. I mean... I love that where we live, we are the foreigners. Like, I don't want to hear English. That's why we moved to Italy, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's, it wasn't, I would love to go back for, an, like, exactly. go back for a day, but it's not where I would want to live because I want to be the foreigner. I don't want to be, I want to be the only, you know, foreigner around a bunch of Italians, not one of mm-hmm. a whole community of foreigners. Well, let's talk about the house, the property. Oh my God, it was incredible. So we drive up and then we go to the country house first, which is just um, kind of below the city and um, just directly below the city. And shockingly, wow. the, yeah, the, the town, um, the Chita, um, with a, a lot of trees though, like it had a nice little closed in feel when you were down there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the true sense of a villa. This is a huge property with like five um, different house structures, structures on there was, it. Yeah, the main structure with the giant windows spaced. Oh, it was three or four God. levels. It was just a rectangle, three or four levels. Um, this and is like the, the noble. Estate. Yeah, you can tell how we didn't. We only went into the first floor of that structure. And it was gorgeous, but you could tell how far this, the windows were spaced apart. That the ceilings in every floor were super tall. Um, then we went to, then we checked out what they called the agriturismo, which was a couple hundred meters off, uh, away from the main house. And it was gorgeous. And it had a, um, the area there that they processed the wine with the, how do you call those peaked ceilings? What do you call those? You know what I'm talking the, with that um, one in there. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't know you were going to talk about that right away. Um, like domed. They're domed, but they have all the little – they're made out of stone, and they're the dome ceilings. And like, not arched. Um, I have to think about it. Sorry. We'll keep going. Um, it was just incredible, and um, the, they did a really good job um, of restoring these places. These places were restored immaculately. 
Yeah, they did had they did the cool thing where you have like the glass in the floor so you can look down and see the underworkings for the mill that was for the olives and it was pretty freaking cool. However, classically also redone where it they kept gorgeous things like a um sink in the corner of a bedroom an old stone sink yeah. and this big neat old fireplace that had a stool that was built into the inside of the fireplace and a little window nook like how insane to have a fireplace so big you can not only sit there but there's a window in it <laughs> i mean in the bedroom this was so so cool however the layout was slightly bizarre and we just it wasn't right for us it's not where we want no to. it's got the weirdo you know it's the weirdo layout from you know 400 years ago not really what we're looking for but if you get a chance to go with someone who's looking at properties and you get oh to go my God, inside it's so of them, much fun it's so much it's so much we fun. saw the forno like we knew right away like you just get a feeling whether it's for your own home or for a business you just get that gut feeling yes or no immediately and um it's pretty profound for Jason and I. If we see something we like, you know it right away. And this we just knew wasn't for us. It was too close to the city. It didn't have the country feel and the kind of remoteness that we enjoy. But we thought, well, maybe something inside will change our mind. And we were getting the tour, and it's cool. And it's always so interesting and so cool to see how respectful they were, different people are, to restoring a property and what they kind of um, keep important for them. Um, and what they find of value because like Jason was talking about the cantina area with like these dome ceilings, they weren't even going to show us, uh, they had to go get another key. And then we were like, well, if they're not saying it's a big deal, then it's no big deal. But they went to go get the key. All right, we'll look. Holy shit. They should have started the tour with that. It would have had a whole different setting or feeling in our head walking around because that was that space where you get the tingles going. Oh, what you could do in here. It just the ceilings were really high and it just had this damp, wet feeling and it was really cool. Um, the old, the, the giant, giant barrels that were like 10,000 liter barrels that held all the wine. How about the grain mill part that, or whatever that we had never, I had never, never seen, seen anything, anything like, like that. that. I mean, just to have dinner in this room or just to have an aperitivo or just kind of hang out, just how somehow use the room. Yes. You should have had these doors open. open and like, yeah. that is the part that is so cool. It's just, oh, I don't know. It gave you chills. So again, <laughs> well, they, I guess they, their perspective of what is cool and interesting is totally different from ours. Cause they were more, in, yes, the Etruscan or not the Etruscan, the Roman mill stuff is absolutely gorgeous and the fact that they restored all the the um the bedrooms the way they did is 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 it's beautiful beautiful. but how do they not find that to be the the cantina with these giant barrels and this where they store the grain and this the the history there was even huge windows in there that's what i thought was so interesting too it the house from the out and, and that part of the property from the outside did not nearly represent the age of what was inside those walls because from the outside it looked like just a newly restored part and it was like all right it, absolutely you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it really was a surprise right there um and weirdly enough too now living in the country i kind of get off on checking out like the different um um barns and stuff like the different places where you could use his workspace and stuff it was like oh man look where you could put a tractor in there they also the part the other property structure that they had the people who care for the land 
that that where they kept those tractors was incredible. Also, I thought those would be like lunch rooms with huge windows. Oh, I'm sure they were something. Oh my god! Or like there's just so many buildings. Room. They were just saying there's just so many buildings on this. These people have this has been in their family for hundreds of years. They didn't acquire all this stuff yesterday. So now that. It's just too much to keep up for them. Well, they have regular jobs. Yeah, they have real jobs. They don't. It's not like they just chill and and take care of these houses. It's not like they're what's no. What's they're that pharmacists show? and lawyers and Downton um, Abbey. I take care of this house. <laughs> no, they have other regular lives. Yeah. So the maintaining of these this property isn't just it's a insane. hobby. It's a lot of work. Um, but uh, so they were looking for someone else to do it. So, but I'm sure they'll find someone that places that place sells itself. God, then we went up to the Palazzo part in the city. That was just incredible too. But uh, Cortona's great. It's worth a stop and a lunch. I don't know if it's need, if you really need days to walk around it. But I it, would agree. But it definitely, you can spend a morning or uh, or a morning, new drive through. Yeah, a morning and an, uh, and have some lunch. Um, it's really really beautiful. And that whole area, you could keep going from Montepulciano to Umberti Day. I used to always call this – okay, look it up if you're interested in looking up. It looks like it's called Umbertide, this town in Umbria, but it's not. And that's because it's Umbria, so you think Umber. Umbertide. And I was told, no, it's Umbertide. Because there's the accent. There's the accent, but no one puts the accent on any of the signs because – you're just supposed to know that there's an accent there. You're right. That's why we didn't see it because you're there's just looking no, at the roadside. There's no accent on it. So I say it wrong. And now if you put the accent, you know to stress that no one cares. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> well, we'll keep you guys posted on the property search though. It's um, fun checking out these places. Oh, yeah. So today, what's going on today? Today, we're going to jump in the car here, and we are going to go to the Coast of Fano. I need to get some um, all-weather tires for the car for the winter because we need to get some new ones. We live and in an area that you have to yeah, have the winter tires. Winter tires and chains in your car is mandatory, so it is a great excuse to go get some fish for lunch. Exactly. I was going to say, tires, schmires. It's all about the fish, baby. <laughs> Where do you want – now, there's a few places um, – There we do – we we go to Fano usually because we know Fano the best. And there's three different categories of fish lunch you can go for. You can go for the ultra cheap cafeteria slide your tray fisherman's cooperative. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we've we've done this. No, all. no, no. When the, how we just I think so, and how we just re went there recently. We did go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I think we did that on a podcast. Okay. okay. Uh, or you can go to the next level up, which is you know 15 euro, 18 euro, um, and then that's that's like the family trattoria style. Or you can go high end. We're talking twenty five euro. Woo, baller, baller style, <laughs> and go to like sit down tablecloths. Um, and I know we've talked about it before too, but it's hysterical because we'll like, suggest places for people to go in Fano, and two of the names of places are the cheesiest. Um, chain restaurant style names one is yankee <laughs> and the other is chilies <laughs> Chili. but <laughs> it just is it's <laughs> they are not i promise they are not chains. so well i know these are tough decisions you're sitting in you're sitting there in traffic right now being like nice assholes that's your that's your whole day today whether to decide to go to the uh the nice restaurant or just the family style one i think i want to go to the nice restaurant but order something simple Whatever. We'll, we'll, what do you want? I would like um, grilled fish. 
Okay. Grilled fish. We had fish in Cortona, too, and uh, that threw Gaggi a huge loop. He did not like the idea of being so far inland and having seafood because he lives on the coast. He didn't trust it. He didn't like it. He didn't <laughs> like it. What you might... You eat carne when you come to England. <laughs> you didn't like it. I, we all, everyone ate, else ate fish because the cook was from Napoli. So she did a lot of uh, Napolitano things, which is great. We were talking about mm-hmm. that as well at the, at the table. Why can't there be a, for instance, when you live around here, there are restaurants who just, all the re- most of the restaurants just serve the dishes of the area, which is great. Awesome. However, if you live here, you don't want to eat um, tagliatelle with ragu when you go out to a restaurant, except here they do, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Okay, why? That's what you eat every night at home. So, why can you not have a restaurant in Urbino, for example, that serves dishes from, Napoli. from Napoli or dishes from Calabria. Calabria or dishes from Torino or name a different place. Why can <laughs> we not have that? And everyone does – like there was no good answer for that. No. There really wasn't. It was kind of like – Well, that's not what you want. It's yeah. Cool. And we were like, yeah, we're all at this restaurant right now having dishes from a Napolitano and enjoying it. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, you can – in big cities, you can get chi- um, Chinese food. And we're, we're like, like, no, 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 no. That's, no, not, no. What that's not what we're talking about. I just want the <laughs> – the sauce and the pasta that's typical in Napoli, a Napolitano restaurant in Urbino. Yeah. How about it? Let's do it. <sighs> I don't know anything about Napolitano. You're just – this is too far-fetched, too wild of an idea. I guess when more pump, people <laughs> – Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Oh, my God. All right. I think... Anything else we need to get down there? <sighs> I want to go to the big store and just uh, check out the panettone and go grocery shopping. All right. We can. We can get some different – different things i also want to get um we need to get pure alcohol because it's almost time to start making limoncello it'll be before you know it it'll be um lemon and orange time mm-hmm. so we can do stuff like that all right very good you want to um you want to bring us home i think that um are we going to do the song of the week yeah god bring rest you merry gentlemen we were going to do an italian song but as we were researching because we couldn't think of a really italian italian christmas song that's because they listen to, like, American and U.S. Uh, English-speaking Christmas music for the most part. So we figured, well, if we didn't find an Italian one we liked, we'll just pick one of our favorites. And this one is um, it's a classic in our household, so we hope you enjoy. You can find us on latavlamarque.com, latavlamarque.blogspot.com, um, live from italyonline.tumblr.com for all of the information for the live cooking classes. You can shoot me an email at info at to get on our mailing list. And you can find me at Instagram at Ashley Bartner, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-A-R-T-N-E-R. And um, I think that's it. Have a happy, happy holidays. And hopefully we'll do another podcast before Christmas. Buon Natale. Ciao. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. 
God, our Heavenly Father, this blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.